Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. This is episode 122, 122, and this is the first episode in our new series, the Position Series, something along those lines. I haven't figured out yeah. the name yet. <laughs> <laughs> Workshop the name. Yes, uh, Positional Series with Kieran Lefebvre, Adam Childs. We're going to be talking, diving into more details around specific positions mm. to help give you a better grasp of those positions and some sort of tips and tricks and whatever hacks you know, tools, some hacks, strategies tools, yep you know just your one-stop shop basically exactly uh until someone comes out with a new dvd or something yeah until we <laughs> run out of ideas so to break this down this is actually our first attempt at a structured series of episodes i mean <laughs> this is our first attempt at a structured episode yeah, well, we've, we've attempted structured episodes before the way these episodes are going to run i'm going to tell you about the structure and then what's coming up in the series you know that today because of the uh title this is all about back mount or back control if you will uh but the structure of the episode we're going to talk about general concepts of the position that we're exploring we're going to talk about attacking defending and then uh, have a bit of time for talking about resources, specific moves, um, instructional content or more learning resources, blah, blah, blah. Have that that as an option there as well. And the what's coming up in the series, first episode is on back mount. Then we're talking about regular old mount. Oh, the, yeah, that old, the old chestnut. The old standard boring mount. Then side control. Um, or side mount. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, okay, if you say so. And then we're going to talk about close, gu- close guard slash open guard, and then it may continue from there. Yes, but don't be too alarmed. The banter <gasps> will still be there. You know, we get, oh, get quite a few comments of, you know, people being like, oh, I love the banter, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> yeah, I've learned uh, nothing, but at least it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the best one was the episode that turned into a, a 30 minute, uh, learning lecture about chess and the oh, scandals yeah, in good, chess yeah. and got quite a few people like not like not comment but people in the gym mm. uh, say like oh man I didn't know that much about chess oh that was yeah. really cool so you know <laughs> 45 minutes later we're like all right so back mount <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that might well and truly so yeah the structure of these episodes is not to stop tangents but to have a structure so you know what to expect and there's also going to be chapters and timestamps in the the video description slash spotify description so if you come back to these episodes from the future then you always have a a way to quickly jump into whatever section you're interested in look at that man we just taking it to the next level yeah uh so now what? <laughs> that's it. Uh, that's as far as we got, guys. We structured explaining the structure. Yeah. And um, carry on. Yeah, so... General concepts of control. the position. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, back mount or back control, arguably the, the best position in jiu-jitsu, you could say. It's uh, really one of the one of the few positions where... The, the defending person has no offensive options whatsoever. You know, like even even the second worst position, if you will, like mount, there's not many, but I mean, Craig Jones is known for doing this sneaky no-gi Ezekiel choke from yeah. bottom mount. He attempted you know? that in the finals at ADCC. <laughs> right? Uh, whereas when someone's on your back, you know, I'm pretty much taking the whole 
leg locking them when they cross their feet off the table. Yeah, oh, that's, that's why I laugh. That's, that's something. Yeah, that's like something you get caught in like once or twice when you're a white belt, and you pretty quickly, you know, um, undo that habit before it becomes a bad habit, mm. right? Of cr- of crossing your ankles. So um, yeah, but there's. I want to talk a little bit about the the general concepts and the control of back position. So, and obviously like always can be slightly difficult and I'll do my best to explain it um, in an audio format, obviously. But even when I teach this in the gym, sometimes I grab my two phones. I have two phones because I'm a drug dealer mm. and, uh, and I'll use my two phones as the little, you know, army man dolls to, to <laughs> explain back position, but bear with me. Okay. So when you're on someone's back, let's imagine you've just got standard back control. So you've got both hooks in and you've got a seat belt. Okay. To retain back control, which is the number one thing for any position where you're then in it, you know, the next objective is a submission, right? Uh, Obviously, if you can't control the position, your chance of hitting the submission are very slim. You know, uh, same with leg locks. No good being able to dig the heel, but in the process you lose the knee line, so then they escape. You know, uh, and I'm sure most people, in whether it's something that still is currently happening for them or has happened to them from when they started jiu-jitsu to now, I'm sure people have had that experience where they've, you know, essentially locked a rear naked choke, but at the cost of losing the back position and the person still kind of slides out and you lose the choke and everything. So you need to be able to retain back position first. And the, the number one way that you do that is really your seatbelt and not your hooks, okay? Hooks are... They facilitate your back control and they score you good points, okay? Uh, But they don't keep you on the back. They help, but uh, they don't keep you on the back. If you're sitting here thinking, well, it's funny, in the last episode you you talked about whenever you mentioned something online about fitness or whatever, you get people who have done five bicep curls jump in the comments and think that they're an expert. Uh, And I'm not by any means saying I'm the be all and end all expert. Of course I'm not. There's people far better than me at jiu-jitsu who know way more than me. You are I, an expert in jiu-jitsu. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I come from a really good coach and gym. Well, I and say you are. No, so. Thanks, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got time for. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy. Your blue belt right? seal of approval. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so if you're, if you're sitting there thinking like, oh man, nah, hooks, blah, blah, blah. Well, just do this little experiment next time you're in the gym. Have a, get a partner, put both your hooks in, but no seatbelt and see how long you can stay on their back, right? Then do it again, no hooks, but put your seatbelt, see how long you can stay on their back. I guarantee you, you stay on their back longer with, with that seatbelt control than you do just with hooks, right? Uh, so your seatbelt is what, and I'm going to try to keep it very, not very simple because th- the idea is for us to go into detail. Otherwise, what's the point of the episode? Exactly. But I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not going to, it's not a John Danaher instructional where in 45 minutes, you know, you've, you're like, so, and that's what a seatbelt is. No, right? <laughs> I'm not going to, but because, you know, the seatbelt, there's, you know, half Nelson control. There's yep. like, uh, you know, you can have the Kimura grip control and these can all serve similar functions, right? But 
So I'm just talking about upper body control, seatbelt control. You're essentially looking to control the shoulders, okay? And the perfect way to describe this, the perfect analogy is if you imagine that you're, and I do this as a visual demonstration when I'm explaining it to beginners in the gym, is I'll have someone stand in front of me, right? As if I'm on their back, but they're just standing in front of me. And you put your hands on their shoulders. You go, okay, their shoulders, I can turn them like handlebars on a bike, right? So when someone is trying to turn to escape the back or whatever, and they turn, you get you have two options. Let's say they turn 90 degrees for argument's sake. They're standing in front of me, they turn 90 degrees. I have two options. My hands are on the handlebars. I either steer the handlebars back straight so they're back in front of me, or I also turn 90 degrees to keep myself behind them. And in a nutshell, that's what back control is. That's how you stay on the back. It's about staying behind them and a combination of staying behind them and keeping their back exposed to you, right? So you can never lose that alignment. Another great way to think about it is if you imagine that uh, you were, <laughs> if you imagine you were literally like impaled, you know, through the, you know, through your back, out your sternum, and then into their back, out their sternum, you've got this fixed point that you can kind of pivot around. But that alignment of you being flush on their back, you never lose that, right? So that's the job of the upper body control. So when that, when that translates to being a seatbelt, it's sli- slightly different because you don't physically have your hands on their shoulders like handlebars on a bike. But, uh, but it does more or less the same thing. You just have to understand that depending on which way around your seatbelt is, you're better at turning in one direction. So, for example, hopefully everyone's still with me. Mm-hmm. You still with me, Karen? I'm with you. Karen's with me. Impaled. So, imp- yeah, <laughs> impaled. So if you've got your seatbelt, let's imagine your left arm is over the top. Mm-hmm. So your left arm would be the choking arm mm-hmm. of your seatbelt. Okay? So... That means your ability to turn the handlebars to the left is stronger because that yep. left arm that's going over their shoulder is also in front of their shoulder. Yes. So by the, the way you can turn is actually pulling. by pulling, yeah. right? Pulling on it's, that shoulder back. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And so, but it's not just pulling right. It's also you pushing into the back of the other shoulder. So yeah, you're with, with my right shoulder. That's case. right. Yeah. So you're better at turning that way. Now that's an important thing to understand. So if we keep this same orientation of our seatbelt, where our left arm's the one over the top, right? If the person who is trying to escape my back control, they try to turn to the right, I'm really strong at stopping that rotation. Right, so imagine it's handlebars on the bike, yep, or you know, and it's got a dinky wheel or whatever, and the bike wants to turn to the right. It's easy for me to stop that because with my left arm over the top, I'm very strong at pulling and turning to the left. Right, so we're like in the scenario we're laying on the choking arm side, and they're trying to get their back to the mat. I'm going to be in the strongest position to stop that because they're trying to turn to their right to get their back to the mat, and I can turn them back. 
That yeah, that's right. You know, I, a combination of pulling, but also pushing. Okay, mm-hmm. in that specific scenario, it will be more pushing into the back of the shoulder. Yeah. But but yes, you're right. Uh, whereas if they decide to turn to the left in the direction that I'm very good at pulling, well, I'm now not really good at turning the handlebars in the opposite direction. Like you can. They're turning into your choking arm now. That's right. You know, so my left arm's over the top. They're turning (laughs) towards my choking arm. It's hard, harder, not impossible. Nothing's impossible. I say this all the time to my students. Every single rule in jiu-jitsu, when you say like, oh, you're not supposed to do this or whatever, every rule can be broken. Every rule has exceptions. But if you don't understand the rules, you don't know how to break them. You know, the same as, you know, a good lawyer understands the law that's how they, can, they break it yeah that's, <laughs> that's how they can find loopholes and manipulate the law right yeah you know so there's um yeah so it's not like you can't stop that rotation but it's much harder so that's a case where you're going to follow, follow them, them. Like yeah, they turn yeah, to the yeah. left i'm you very good at, them, i'm yeah. very good at turning left anyway so i'm not going to stop that turn i'm just going to chase that turn so um that's how your seatbelt works, right? So it is like hands on the handlebars of a bike, but whichever arm is your choking arm, that's the direction you're better in turning at. So if your right arm's the choking arm, you're better turning right. If your left arm's the choking arm, you're better turning left, mm. right? So, um, and you, you, that understanding of turning their shoulders helps keep the back exposed. So if we go to the example that you gave, my left arm's the choking arm, mm-hmm. okay? We're lying on the left-hand side, mm-hmm. which I'll go into this in a second, which I believe is the worst side to lie on. The head's on the pillow. The head's on the pillow. Yeah, so, that's okay. A, that's the best way we'll, I we'll, remembered we'll, it. We'll dial this back a little bit. So for beginners, you're typically taught this, right? You're, you're typically taught that when you want to escape the back, you're taught something like this. The choking arm, right? whichever way that finger is pointing, so that left arm has come over your shoulder, if you imagine they're making an, uh, a mm-hmm. pointing with that finger, it's telling you, go this way to not get choked, right? So you're told to kind of fall away from the choking arm to get your, your head to the mat, your shoulders to the mat and escape. And that escape is fine, works great. It is like, it's your cookie cutter back escape, okay? Um, so then... At the same time as that, you're then taught when you're the attacking person that you don't want them to fall away from the choke because it's easier for them to escape. You want them to fall onto the choke. There's definitely truth to that. Like that statement alone is true. However, like I just said, you know, you need to know the rules and understand them to be able to break them. Myself and a lot of people, a lot of people worse than me at jiu-jitsu and a lot of people far better than me at jiu-jitsu will opt to be the attacker, but still have them fall away from the choking arm, mm-hmm. right? Because in my opinion, your choking arm is then not stuck between them and the ground, and you can you, you can do more with it. You have yeah, more you gain a whole bunch more whole bunch more mobility and stuff. However, for a beginner, I do feel that there's a lot of truth to the whole, you know. And depending on what submission you like, it there's also better, depends there's what way better setups want. for yep. some submissions when your choking arm is. That's right, you know, like... Up. That's right, yeah, if you want to switch to arm bars or, you mm. know, triangles from the back or whatever. But so th- do you want to transition to, because we sort of already are, segue into attacking? In a little bit, yeah. Yep. I've got one more thing I want to go over. Right. And then, um, so, 
So, yeah, but, you know, the pillow thing Kieran was talking about, <laughs> yeah. this is a way that sometimes you teach it to kids. Yeah. Right? You'll say, imagine the choking arm, because that's the one next to your head. Imagine it's a pillow. Mm. You know, so you will say to the kids, oh, if you fall towards the choking arm, that's like your head's on the pillow. If you put your sleep. head on the pillow, you're going to go to sleep. Yeah. Right? So you don't want to put your head on the pillow. Go the other way. Right? It's, it's funny. That's like... The one way I remember it the yeah. most is yeah. the kids. Yeah. <laughs> the kids analogy. So going back to, you know, the, the handlebars thing, mm-hmm. going back to, like you said, if we're lying on the choking arm, so my left arm's the choking arm, we fall into the left side, and they're trying to get their back to the mat, right? This is a, a scenario where I'm going to want to re-expose their back, right? Because And this is why I usually get two phones to, to demonstrate this sort of... Um, this example, but I'm going to try to do it as, as best as I can for anyone who's not watching YouTube. Remember, what I want to stay flush with them, mm-hmm. chest to back, that impaled sort of position. So them, them getting to the, the mat, right, they're not going to try to spin away from you, right? That's the wrong thing to do. The person escaping, mm-hmm. they've fallen to the left, but they're actually going to, as they laterally move to the left they're going to be like turning to the right to try get that to try remove their back from your chest Mm. so you as the attacker have to re-expose their back so this is when you really have to turn those handlebars by pushing into the back of their right shoulder in this case to re-expose their back right so so you can you know so you can remain impaled on their back and then there's a, there's a bunch of stuff you can do. So one of the best drills you can do before we go into t- into attacking to practice your 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 back control is a very simple drill. Well, simple enough, right? If you know how to do it properly, uh, there'll be lots of resources where you can find it. But you essentially have your seatbelt hooks. You fall to one side. You know the defender clears the bottom hook. You handlebar steer them to re-expose their back do a chair sit if you don't know what that is put it into youtube it's a type of back take just bring your knee up yeah bring your knee up near their head sit them up into the chair fall all the way to the other side and then the same thing they clear the bottom hook right Mm -hmm. little different on the opposite side you got a post on your forehead Mm -hmm. you jump up to your knee chair sit back to the other side so you're just going side to side just retaining back control they start escaping you re-expose their back chair sit other side they start escaping re-expose their back chair sit other side and it's quite an exhausting drill you put i three, like the drill yeah that's a great drill it's super you know? super fucking useful yeah do one and a half happens all the time all the time do one and a half minutes of that then change your seatbelt side mm-hmm. so it's the other side do three minutes of that and you'll be like fuck that drill yeah. <laughs> it's a great drill it's really fun like i i like it because um not only are you drilling the the re-back take or the re-back exposure, but you're right. It is different side to side on uh, if you're trying to do the chair sit to the side where your choking arm is making the pillow, the head's on the pillow, you have to, you, you post, it's super easy, you bring up your knee, take it to the other side. But if your choking arm is on top, like you mentioned, you've got to post on your forehead. Yeah, because so you your arm's not in the position to post on Exactly, it. yeah. Like if you imagine that your your choking arm was your frame that you sat up onto your elbow, you no longer have that. And your, your right arm is all the way tucked down underneath their armpits out of the way. It's not really helping you. So you have to lean forward, post your forehead on the mat, and then you can bring your knee up. That's right, yeah. So it's a great drill. Uh, you know, if you want more, if you can't find anything on it and you want more information, let us know. I can take me two seconds to record a video of, mm-hmm. of myself doing it and explaining it. 
and you guys can get the information there. Perfect. Now let's move on to attacking. Attacking. Attacking what? Attacking. Yes. Attacking, no. attacking your grandmother. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. She got out of line. How she do we take her out? She bought the shit cranberry sauce. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's take her out. Take it away. Yeah. So it, uh, attacking the back. Um, going to slightly, let me first sort of share my opinion about attacking in the gi versus no gi when you're on the back. So, I mean, it's safe to say that whatever works in no gi works in the gi. There's just a lot of techniques that are harder to do in the gi, right? Uh, so I don't mean gi-specific techniques. I mean techniques that, that work in no gi. They'll work in the gi, but they can just be more difficult. So some of the examples of that are guillotines are more difficult to do in the gi. Rear naked chokes are more difficult to do in the gi. North-south chokes are more difficult. Dars chokes are more difficult. Head arm chokes. <laughs> arm triangles are more difficult. So all these chokes are more difficult uh, because the gi gets in the way, right? And not only does the gi get in the way, sometimes it's also just a combination of not being able to get, let's say you want to do a rear naked choke. It might not even be that the gi gets in the way, but the fact that your opponent can grab your sleeve as a means of defending, you might never even get your arm deep enough in for a rear naked choke. And when you're saying the gi gets in the way, you're talking about, in some cases, the friction between the, yeah, the material, exactly. right? So it could be the friction of the fabric itself that mm. makes, you know, so that's a good example for when the gi is a problem for dust chokes. Mm. You know, the friction is like punching your arm yeah. through their armpit and in front of their chest. and yeah. But sometimes it gets in the way in the sense that you want to go for a rear naked choke or a dust choke or something and you're trying to punch your arm through and it would have made it through but your finger gets stuck on a collar. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, oh, yeah. right? And you lost the window of opportunity. Yeah. So that doesn't mean you can't rear naked choke, dar stroke, north, south in the gi. 100% you can, right? But um, but yeah, it obviously doesn't work the other way around. You can't collar choke someone in no gi, mm. obviously. Uh, so they're the differences. So in my opinion, the when you're on someone's back in the gi, I find collar chokes the better option if you're looking at a choke right no gear you've only really got a rear naked choke from the back uh you know yes you can do other choke like you yeah. can do other variants like the palm to palm yeah you know throat crush rear naked choke i think you, is that called a fulcrum yeah yeah fulcrum fulcrum, variation. Yeah. yeah you can switch to a you know a triangle from the back yeah you know, there's different variations where their their arms still in but you can get the rear naked choke grip and then crush and yeah you know, and there's like shit. look there'd be i'm sure there's instructionals that are labeled arm triangle from the back but mm. really it's starting on the back someone's escaping the back you transition to mount do an arm triangle right that's <laughs> that's not yeah. an arm triangle from the back there's like an arm, arm bar from the back of the same sort of thing you sit back from the arm bar yeah 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 uh so in the gi, when it comes to attacking, I personally really just look at collar chokes and, and arm bars and stuff. Like, I don't mind switching to arm bars and all that as well. But yeah, that old saying of, of, of chokes being superior because no matter how tough and strong you are, cut the blood supply off, you're going to pass out. So I find it really hard to get to rear naked chokes, but also because of the way that those two feed off each other. So I'll give you a little bit of a, a tip that I do all the time in the gi 
against my, <laughs> not just my students, but anyone I'm training with, is it's very difficult to defend both the collar choke and rear naked choke at the same time. And here's why. When you go for a collar choke, any type of collar choke from the from the back, you know, or it could be a bow and arrow, whatever it is. My favorite. Yeah, my it's probably my still to date my favorite choke probably is a bow and arrow. Hundred percent. Yeah, I really really like that choke. Uh, is that you? The defender will be taught, you know, okay, they've got your collar and they're trying to pull their elbow back mm -hmm. to finish the choke. So you hold their sleeve, you know, their sleeve and their the gi at the tricep or whatever, mm -hmm. and you pull it back through, right? So you're, like you're putting on the seatbelt. Yeah, like you're putting on the seatbelt. So they can't retract their arm. They can't pull their arm back to choke you. But what you can do in the gi is as someone yeah try, pulls that through to defend a, the, the collar choke, well, then you go with that and mm -hmm. punch your arm all the way through for a rear naked choke. And then all of a sudden they start going shit and they start trying to pull that arm back out to defend the rear naked choke back on the, the way collar. out. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Not only back to the collar, but you've just gotten the deepest collar grip possible because yeah. you were essentially in a rear naked choke position and then you're back on the collar. So the way that you defend one facilitates the other, you know, and, you know, so it's kind of like very difficult to defend both at once. Just trying to remember, we were in a similar position like that just before I was injured. Now, this has taken us back like five five weeks ago. And we were playing like a similar back and forth game, but I kept going the wrong way or something. And then- Oh, when you were on my back or I was on your back? No, you were on my back okay. and I was defending. And then I think I created a scenario where that occurred, where I was pulling you in, but then you got deeper, I was pushing you out, then you took the collar, and then I ended up just facilitating a super deep uh, choke, and then you got end up getting a, a cross-collar choke. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I use that all... All the time, and I even know the I even know the concept behind. But it. but you kind but you kind of screwed, yeah. right? Like what what else are you gonna do? Am I gonna let you get the the collar grip? Yeah. No, but yeah. then then you just take the the other. Yeah, like other yeah. one. Obviously, there's still there's still options, but sometimes you know, like not. yeah, but sometimes <laughs> there's not, right? Like yeah. you know, it's like when people ask you, you know, how do I escape this fully extended armbar? It's like, well, I can show you, but fuck, man, the odds are, you know, especially a rear naked choke, man. Yeah. Like a, a rear naked choke, you know. You don't need to have that much experience. Like take someone who's been training for a year mm. and, you know, Gordon Ryan lets the person put hooks in a fully locked rear naked choke and Gordon's not allowed to start defending until they start squeezing. I mean, like he, sh he shouldn't be able to get out. Yeah. Like there's, and there's not many people that would be able. Well, we did that experiment. We did that experiment in one of over your- a year, Yeah, over a year ago, we filmed a video where we progressively made the challenge harder and harder. Like I started, I think it was, I started in an armbar with, with Adam having his grips. And then we went to back control. No, basically the idea was how far would I need to be put into a position until I got a sub on a black belt as a white belt? And it took all the way up until the, the one thing you couldn't escape was a fully locked in deep as fuck rear naked choke hooks in fully, yeah. fully locked and then squeeze and go. And it, it's almost impossible without having your chin already tucked. Yeah. There's a, there's a video of Frank Mir who, if you don't know who that is, former UFC heavyweight world champion, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, the Mir lock, which is mm. a variation of an Americana's named after him. First guy to submit, um, Big Nog, Nogueira, uh, uh, Nogueira in the UFC. So very, very good accomplished jiu-jitsu athlete. And he was doing a seminar or something and he's teaching some back escapes and um, 
teaching specifically someone had asked like how do you defend a rear naked choke or whatever and yeah he went along the same sort of lines and when he got to the point of like how do you escape a fully rear naked lock choke and he's like it's like man like it's I mean, it's pretty much impossible. Like, if the person knows what they're doing, it's pretty much impossible. If like, if I get a extend, like, pull, peel their arm back or whatever, that's that's, that's right. the only option you have is to chuck you, tuck your shit in and peel their arm off. Yeah, if they don't let you do those two things, it's very difficult. Yeah, like, I mean, you get a one week old white belt, and you can probably escape because it's whether you can peel a baby. Yeah, whether you can peel one week old white belt. Yeah, whether you, <laughs> whether you can peel the arm off or they just completely uh, negate you know, the, the control chest of the chest. position yeah, and yeah, like totally. you can just completely ruin the angle. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so I, I believe collar chokes are far superior than rear naked chokes in the gi. That's not to say I've never rear naked choked someone in the gi, but yeah, that, have, yeah. But, but that feeding happens a lot. While we're on attacking with collar chokes um, from the back, a very, very big mistake that so many people make is extending their arm. You do not extend your arm when you're doing a collar choke from the back, mm. right? So what people will do to make it tighter, they've got their collar choke. Mm-hmm. And so then we, we're just talking through a cr- standard cross collar choke yeah, yeah, from yeah, the back, yeah, yeah. okay. And they'll extend themselves away, doing a combination of pressing themselves away and doing a tricep extension, which will get the job done if the person defending doesn't know what the fuck's going on, right? The choke will work. However, once you lose that pressure on the back of the head, someone who knows what's to do, they'll loop their head out of the choke. Yeah. Okay. It becomes intuitive almost. It does, right? Like once you've got some experience. So it's not an extension. It's keeping your elbow bent and Mm. pulling like your elbow back and your shoulder back. Mm. And there are times, again, I've already said this multiple times this episode, rules can be broken, but times when you extend – it's when you have something else on the back of the head. So an example would be if, if you do this collar choke on the other side, so you've now fallen to what we said before is seen as the wrong side to be on when you're attacking. You can do this collar choke in a way that you kind of shove them down into your lap so your choking arm will extend, but they can't loop their head out because your chest or, or upper abdomen is on the back of their head. Mm. So they try to loop their head out, but there's still something on the back of their head. Is that when you shove head. them down by kicking on their hips? Yeah, yeah, And then you push of. them down further yeah. so their head is around your chest. Yeah, it's almost turning extend. it into a combination of a collar choke from the back and a bow and arrow. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of similar, but without like the leg. If the two had a baby. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that enough. I like that. Have babies. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, Julia, don't listen to this episode. <laughs> no, the fucking choke your dickhead. <laughs> Not the babies. Yeah. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, if, yeah, go on. Sorry. So, st- sorry, did you have something? Go no, ahead, I, I, I just had a- You messed I, with I the structure. Ask, <laughs> I just wanted to ask another question. Oh, no, go ahead. I thought you were going to go to defending and I was going to no, be no, like, no, whoa, no. I'm still talking about no, attacking. So with attacking, uh, and this is something that I discovered, you know, sort of- I say, uh, yeah, I, I discovered fairly recently-ish or it's become a big problem fairly recently-ish. I, I consider attacking the back as one of my strongest uh, positions, if you will. It's the best position to be in, but relative to my other game, when I get someone's back, I have a decent percentage of finishing. However, there is circumstances or people that have identified one of my uh, whole a chink in the armor, if you will, or my back attacking system, and that is head position. 
And I was wondering if we could talk a bit about um, the importance of your, your head position in maintaining the back and what to do about it. Yeah, so you, you always have to have something between their head and the mat. Okay, so when you're, so this might, this also will help elaborate on why being on the wrong side is not the wrong side if you know what you're doing. So when you fall to the choking side, the thing that's in between the mat and their head is your choking arm, the pillow, right? Mm. Whereas when you fall to the other side, there's nothing, but there is, right? It should be your head, okay? So you should more or less when you're on someone's back, kind of a lot of the time be ear to ear or cheek to cheek, Mm -hmm. okay? Your choking arm should be able to feed around their neck and feed yourself a cookie. Mm -hmm. Got it. (laughs) Okay, so because if they can get their head to the mat, that's the first, uh, that's the first like point for them, what comes after their head, their shoulders, shoulders, comes after their shoulders, their Their upper back, back, right? And then you've lost the back, okay? If someone can't get their head to the mat, they can't get their fucking shoulders to the mat, right? So something- (laughs) 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 Yeah, Kieran's- Wait, yeah, can you? No, you can't. Nope, definitely can't. So so yeah, your head position is really important, okay? It's always on the opposite side of their head as your choking arm, Mm. okay? So if your choking arm is your left arm, your head should be to the right of their head, always at the opposite side, okay? Mm. And obviously this change, you can't stay cheek to cheek if once you're doing bow and arrow chokes or yeah, once yeah. you're shoving them down into your lap to transition to an armbar or a triangle or something like that. You have that, to sacrifice some sort of positional control in order to take the submission sometimes. Yeah, or yeah, or ideally you sub that control for a different form of control. That's probably a better way to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like, ah, damn. Right? <laughs> yeah, so head position is super important, right? Um, does that answer the question? Yeah. So I think I've been – maybe I've been overthinking it or maybe I've, you know, maybe I'll need to get into the position and then think about this concept in the position. But I think even with my choking arm on their head, maybe I need to get better controlling that. Like I'll, I'll, t- I'll give you an example. So in what way are you losing it? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you an example. So say we fall to the pillow side, as we've been calling it this episode, and they're able to – I'm just trying to imagine a scenario where they could beat my arm and get to the mat, and I don't – So I think, what would be yeah. happening then is that I'm, I think I'm get. I think I see where you're going. Yep. Is that um, you're – probably at the cost of looking for the submission, losing the impalement position. And I would imagine you're still like, they're not getting their head to the mat. But they've already turned in, yeah. But they've already taken... So sometimes it's not that they need to get their head and shoulders to the mat. That's not necessarily the point, right? Mm. I mean, it is, but that's... I mean, saying get your head to the mat, get your shoulders to the mat gives us a tangible goal but really it's get your get your back off their chest yes. so they might not have made it to the mat but if you've like sacrificed chest to back and you might have like sunk the choke in but they've Over ruined the, the angle, angle a yeah, little yeah, bit yeah. like then you're going to lose it i think that's exactly it yeah and then it's going to be you know i mean 
in training, maybe people will still tap because it's uncomfortable. It's still choking a bit and half cranking a little bit. But, but from you know, that in position, comp, right? I, w- I would more likely go for the chair sit that we're talking about before. Yeah, that yeah, chair yeah. sit drill yeah. um, or like chair sit into a bow and arrow or, or whatever, which, you know, anyway. Yeah. And I, I think maybe I'm just, maybe I have been overcomplicating it because it's only like one or two people that have identified, oh, yeah, if I do this, I can get out of his back control. Name him. Who are they, Kieran? It's, it, it, it's Rob. Fucking Nogi it's Rob. That, it's that fucking head control thing He in his mind. Yeah, but Nogi Rob also always wears headgear. It's hard it's when he wears so headgear. Man, yeah. it's actually really annoying to attack the back when people have headgear. I was talking like, to there's Chad a reason about why this, you're not yeah. allowed to wear headgear in competitions. Yeah. I don't mind people wearing it in training because- Protect their ears. Yeah, I mean, they might have- uh, <laughs> They might have a current ear- Injury, flare up, like cauliflower ear. Or, man, some people have jobs where they, they you know, they don't Some people don't want fucking collies. You know? Yeah, or some that's, people just don't fine. want cauliflower ear. So, yeah, but it definitely is harder to mm. to Because you're, you're fighting against, like... <laughs> and then when they start grinding their yeah, head into yeah. yours... It's plastic. And that, oh, man, he, fuck. And Rob wears the, the wrestler headgear where it's those plastic cups on his yeah, ears. Yeah. When you have, like, a smooth, like, sweaty, like, so it's slick and you have that plastic shit, it can slide all over your face. You can't use friction skin on skin. Oh, it fucking cut you too. And it yeah. just hurts. It's hard plastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, Rob, suck I, need, I think I need, I think I need to just remember these concepts and, and focus on that impalement and keep my head on the opposite side. Because I've been like playing around with the head same side to not only have my arm in the way, but also have my head in the way. And I think that's fucking me up as well. Yeah. I'm thinking too much about it. I need to simplify it and focus on the, the basics and focus on the skills. Yeah. Uh, now still the last thing I want to say about attacking, cause I mean, look, really with questions and answers and whatever, we could spend ages just talking about the one thing, but the, to just finish off attacking, if we're talking about, I really only spoke about gi attacking so far. So if it's no gi where, you know, that, well, obviously collar chokes aren't an option in terms of chokes. It's really just that fulcrum choke or a rear naked choke without switching to like triangles and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, my advice would be to learn some basic, intermediate, advanced grip trapping techniques. Okay. So against someone a similar skill level, it's going to be very hard to finish them from the back with just simply like wrapping a rear naked choke, mm. right? Uh, if you don't know what we mean by grip fighting techniques, well, the very basic well-known one that everyone should know unless you're, you know, one week into your jiu-jitsu journey is that the arm that's not the choking arm will typically hold that nearest hand yeah. or wrist, ideally the hand, Yes, not the wrist, ideally the hand. And why? Well, because when you hold the wrist the weakest link in the chain becomes your grip, right? Usually. The grip of the attacker, the grip of someone holding their wrist, right? That's right, that's right. Because they'll they'll try... So the idea of that grip is then so you've at least taken it from one choking arm against two defending arms to one choking arm against one defending arm because the other two arms are having their own fucking orgy off to the side, <laughs> right? So you can... So, so Playing you, handsies. Yeah so, you can, yeah, so you can even the odds, so to speak. Obviously, the, the defender doesn't want that. So sometimes the grip on the wrist will suffice, mm. but a lot of the times it won't. And the defender will be able to do like a, essentially a tricep extension and break that grip. Not all the time, you know, but a lot of the time. So 
if they can do that tricep ex- extension, the grip breaking is just dependent on on how strong your your grip is of their wrist. However, when you grab the hand and the whole hand, you're not allowed to grab digits, fingers. Mm. So the whole hand. Grab the knuckles. Yeah, yeah. When when they do that tricep extension, what happens is before the wrist goes, their their wrist starts to bend. Mm. So it gets to a point where they can't tricep extend any further because they start like not wrist locking themselves, but their own wrist starts bending. So they kind of, they're stuck. And that wrist bend happens before your grip gives out. So the wrist becomes the weakest link link in the chain. That's right. Yeah. So your control is like way, way better. Mm. So that's your standard grip fight, right? But, and sometimes even at the black belt level that works, you know, when it, because it's, you know, it's jujitsu is dynamic. Maybe Mm. that, one little grip fight, it happens as you take the back and you sink the choke or it happens as, so, you know. And if you have really good control, if your chest to chest, your face is right up in their shit, you have their hand, a lot of the time, regardless yeah. of their fighting with one hand, you can you just can slide grind it, it in. Yeah, maybe yeah. you're nine minutes into a 10 minute round, so mm. fatigue, like mm. lots of things can happen. But a step further, because you don't have collar chokes and grips and like the person defending has less to worry about, in my opinion, in nogi, when someone's on their back, they don't have to worry about collars and lapels at all, right? My advice is to learn some some grip fighting techniques. So it could just be some simple patty cake techniques, mm. right, that, that exist into some more complicated trapping an arm with your leg and things mm. like that. Of well, the, the, what about that one? Is it called, it's, it's not called a straight jacket, is it? Yeah, straight jacket that's is where, where you, you grab yep. opposite hands, right? Yes. So it I looks love like that. a straight oh, jacket. That's my favorite. It's a great form of control to then be able to expose a moment of- um, Yeah, so of just very, very simply, the way to do that is your choking hand grabs first the opposite hand. So both hands grab the opposite, on the. so you're the attacker. Your choking hand reaches across, grabs the opposite hand, and then your non-choking hand grabs the other hand, and you'll be in a position where when you push down and let go of your choking hand- your non-choking hand will be in a position where it pushes down both of their hands, so it's a one-on-zero situation. Yeah, yeah, it'll be uh, there'll be a small moment where they have no arms to defend. Yep. Right, that that one arm won't won't keep both of them trapped the whole time. It will no. keep the one you're holding trapped. Yes, but yeah, there'll exist a like little sort of moment. Catches it, they, yeah, it, one catches right. two. And then you you can sink when it to up. become one. Yeah, right. Is it, that's not the one where you 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 come up and bat, no, is it? No, no, no. no, no. Swat it away. That's I'm just thinking a, of something else. Yeah. That's just standard. Yeah. So that Whatever. would be my advice for you know attacking nogi is to learn some some arm trap grip fighting techniques mm-hmm. right for when you're on the back. Um, on to the next one when it comes to defending. All right, defending. And depending on the position that we're talking about as we progress through this series, defense-wise, there will be definitely some common themes. Mm. But for sure, when we can more or less keep this really short and concise for defending the back because it's number one is defending the submission. For any position where submissions are possible, defending the submission has to be the first, uh, the <laughs> your first objective and then defending the position and escaping the position. But we can really just summarize this by saying, even if you don't know what to do, if you just mess with the angle, that is going to take you a long, long way. So when we talk about conceptual learning, conceptual teaching, 
one we always say is, you know, uh, leg locks, clear the knee line or control mm. the knee line. If you just think, I don't know what's fucking going on, but whatever angle he currently has, angle, I mean the alignment of your two bodies. The empowerment, yeah. Change that angle. And that goes for a lot of submissions. Most submissions, if not all, like I've never actually sat down and literally done a thought process of every single submission, but like all submissions require a more or less a specific alignment of angles and uh, and body parts for the submission to work, mm. right? So the one with <laughs> that we said maybe how you're losing the rear naked choke is like you're getting the choke, but yeah. then the alignment, the angle is getting ruined. So you're losing the choke, right? So if you can constantly ruin the angle, understand that them attacking you, controlling you, they're trying to steer the handlebars. If you can, you know, have handlebars that are so wobbly, they can't hold on. You're going to ruin that angle, right? They're not going to be able to submit you. They're not going to be able to control the, the, the position. In terms of taking that a little bit further, like I said, the mat is just a tangible objective of where you want to get your head and shoulders. Really, it's just about getting your head and shoulders off of their chest, right? And, um, and I don't want to th- talk about really specific escapes. Like there's some really nice detailed escapes of specifically escaping like a body triangle and things like that, Mm. you know, but that's, uh, you know, really fancy ways to undo people's hooks and legs and start getting your hip to the mat. But, um, but yeah, the, the, the crux of it is you need to first and foremost defend the submission and then ruin the angle to start getting your back to the mat. If your back's on the mat, they can't be on your back in saying that if halfway through an escape, a submission then becomes more, more, you know, presents itself more as an more of an immediate danger. You have to go back to de- to defending that, right? You you really do, and and I think a good example of that is if you go back and watch the second super fight of Hodger Gracie and Bushesha, mm. you see Hodger take Bushesha's back, mm-hmm. and um. And Hodger do uh, sorry, Bushesha do something that resulted in him getting submitted that you might look at and go, why would like a ten time world champion do that? Which was that he he kind of ignored the submission to start using his hands to push Hodger's hooks off and stuff, mm. right? To try escape, which resulted in him getting choked. You got collar choked, yeah. I believe it was a collar choke, yeah, yeah. yeah. However, my interpretation of what played out there was not a 10-time world champion not knowing what to do. It was a 10-time world champion uh, not being a – I got a little ahead of myself. Let me – sorry. Let me dial one back. Uh, So this will be a common theme as well across defending everything or escaping everything which is that I say this a lot to my students, especially when I'm talking about escaping side control. And when we get to side control, for sure, I'll bring this up again, which is I talk about using the part of your body that has more mobility and is less controlled to rescue the part that's more trapped. So 
let's say you're in side control and someone has your shoulders completely pinned, that usually comes at the cost, exactly, of them Mm. not having your hips as pinned. So instead of just fighting to free your shoulders against them pinning your shoulders, you recruit your hip mobility to rescue your shoulders, right? Uh, And, you know, the opposite is true. If they're fully committing everything to pin your hips, you use your shoulder mobility to help start freeing your your, your hips. So my interpretation of what played out with Hodger and Bushesha was Bushesha realizing that his like his upper body was so controlled like you know Hodger had such good control on those those handlebars that he made a a calculated risk that unfortunately didn't pay off for him and this is like any defensive position the worse it is the more risk you have to take and it doesn't always pay off you know like you know I Bushesh's gamble would have been the equivalent of, you know, when someone's losing at gambling and they say double or nothing, right? It's either like you're either going to be in the clear or you're fucked. Yep. Right. And so I believe he made an educated decision to take the risk of use his hands to try to get rid of one of Hodge's hooks, which was going to buy him much more hip mobility. And then he could have used that hip mobility to help start freeing his shoulders to escape the back. Unfortunately, it didn't play out, right? Like, unfortunately, Hodger capitalized on that. But that's how it goes, right? You're in a shit spot. You know, you're going to get caught or or whatever. So, uh, so, yeah, like, going back to what I was saying, you always have to defend the submission first. But if you can ruin angles and then recruit whatever part of your body has more mobility to free the part of your body that is more controlled – that's going to take you really far and that's going to help you get your back off of their chest. They want to stay impaled, you do not, right? And and don't think as well, like when you're trying to get your back off someone's chest, don't try to turn, like as in, don't try to, like, so let's imagine, okay, so if you've if someone's on your back, don't think about it like this. If I want to turn to my right, okay, mm. I'm not thinking about like pushing my left shoulder forward mm. to turn because that's a very easy singular circular motion that they can follow or stop. So don't think about turning that shoulder forward. Mm. Think about pulling your right shoulder backwards. Yeah. So it's more like kind of instead of turning away from them it's kind of scraping yourself down them yeah when i think about does that it, make sense yeah 100 and when i think about it if i'm on like left side they're on my back i'm trying to get my right shoulder to the mat i'm not trying to push my left shoulder forward that's right yeah so and so think about it like that because when people just turn so that's when that's when people just like alligator roll across yeah. the mats it's very i mean there's times where you'll turn obviously because there's times where you'll try to do a really quick like to beat them. spin yeah, yeah, yeah. And it becomes a bit of a race yeah. and whatever and so but in a more static grindy you know, exactly. position yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally so so hopefully those help with with um helping you understand the concepts of uh, general concepts attacking and defending mm. so uh on from that, let's talk about some resources that you can that you can use. I really like that drill that you mentioned. So the drill is a great drill of the chair sit drill. Yeah, and it's look, is it a basic drill? Yes. Is it still applicable to every belt? Also, yes. Yeah, and I mean it's only basic if it's been explained to you. Like, I mean, for example, my you know um, 
competition classes or, or pro training or whatever you want to call it in Brazil, like this was just, you didn't even have to like, you know, Fabio could be like, I can't even remember what that drill was called in Portuguese, but you know, you'd just say, okay, chair sit three minutes each. And that's it. People knew what to do. They'll yep. do it, you know, but obviously you need to learn it first. Yeah. I mean, I know purple belts who you'd still have to teach it to them before, <laughs> before they know what they're doing. Mm. So that's a great, great drill. Uh, resources, or if you want to watch jujitsu, whatever. Obviously, there's so many instructionals. I don't want to mention any one specifically, but you know some of the names that are best known for their back control is Marcelo Garcia, right? Obviously, Gordon Ryan, John Denneher have so many DVDs out. Mm. Uh, Hodger Gracie is also known with incredible back control. And Gordon Ryan's got fucking instructionals on how to bloody blow your nose and wipe your ass at this point. <laughs> so there's obviously, you know, if you're talking about an instructional fuck man just pick an athlete who you like you know yeah. but um some of the more current ones or very current is if you look at um Giancarlo Bordoni who won ADCC this year amazing I back mean, control yeah he mm. pretty much won most of his fights by taking the back and a and a rear naked choke so that's a very current 2022 ADCC champion who uh pretty much won gold mm. by by taking the back and finishing with a choke but yeah if you if you want to instructional specifically on back control man just pick a an athlete you like and you know that i think they'll all be i don't want to say the same thing like everyone will have different details but same I, value yeah, proposition that's as in right you're gonna, you know, you're gonna progress the same sort of yeah if you said speaking. which one's better gordon ryan's or marcelo garcia's i'm gonna say well they're both really good like whichever you you prefer mm. some are going to be more applicable to your game or your style so yeah totally just pick cool. one you want Mate, well, that was excellent first episode in the positional series. It was so structured, bro. It was structured AF. I even got timestamps already. Well, you, oh, you forgot a timestamp there. For, oh, well, I'll figure, figure it out. Figure, figure it out, <laughs> figure it out post, mate. Yeah. All right, well, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, I'll just tell one funny anecdote that I've probably told it before, but you know, not everyone has listened to every single episode. Shut <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> or... So I've only ever been put to sleep in training or in competition once, right? Unlike the veteran over here. Fuck <laughs> this is not something to be proud of. This is not a veteran status that you want. So it's only happened to me once. And I was training with one of my students, Dan, who is one of my first students, actually. Uh, so Dan and Jake, long-time listeners, listeners will know that we've dumped shit on them multiple times. But they're good students, good friends. They joined the gym maybe a week after opening. And they've been with us since. So... um. Dan is very, very good at back control and very good at defending the back. Very good, yeah. Like very hard to submit when you because yeah. it's kind of the way he he's more willing to give his back when he's getting his guard passed or escaping side control. He's or whatever. So comfortable there, not many which people can finish. That's right, him which has resulted yeah. in him being incredibly difficult to yeah. finish from the back. But he's also very good on your back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we were doing specific or something, and he was on my back, and he had whatever collar choke or something and yeah and it was tight and everything and he let go and I hadn't tapped and I'm like I think I was like I was a bit fired up or whatever and I was like I was like man why the you know like as in tough love I was like why'd you fucking let go he's like oh because I thought you know like I think it got into his head the whole like oh I can't submit a 
black belt or I can't submit my coach or whatever. I'm like, why the fuck you let go? And he's just a bit sort of like, oh, I just, oh. And I was like, man, don't let go. Go again. And you don't let go until I tap or pass out. Mm. So we went again and then like I passed out. <laughs> and, then, and then when I sort of came, to, but I'm not sure, obviously I don't know to what extent I passed out, but like I do remember like, coming to and it wasn't the typical someone standing over me shaking my legs going like what happened yeah dan let go at some point because i didn't tap mm. i think he let go because i he thought i was pretending to be asleep i think is what happened but i went out <laughs> and then he, he's like did you go out and then i literally was like i said Nah, man, I was just thinking about what hamburger I'm having for dinner. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, maybe I got a chicken burger, maybe like, yeah. I was like, like I, so I passed out and was obviously thinking about rambling. food. And I was rambling about chicken burgers. And oh, man. Yeah, so it's the only time I've been out and it was from the back. Mm. And uh, yeah, chicken burger. I don't know. <laughs> That's my closing thoughts. Uh, guys, love it. let us know what you think about this new positional series. Mm. Well, I mean, look, we've started now. so <laughs> There's no going back. <laughs> yeah. Love it or so, hate it, it's here to stay. Yeah, if you have any specific questions, obviously, as always, you can find us on Instagram at beyondjujitsu underscore podcast. The YouTube episodes on the new YouTube channel. Mm. If you haven't been there to... to to subscribe, even if you don't watch it there, would be awesome, yeah. right? Helps us out, uh, especially because we just moved them from Kieran's channel. So now we've gone from like episodes getting views to like none. It's <laughs> <laughs> our morale a little bit. No, it's fine. It'll, it'll pick up. Uh, and yeah, guys, uh, anything else, Kieran? No, summarized it. No, well. That's it, guys. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. See ya.